0: Okay, good evening everybody. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host Darren Campbell and joining me today uh, from the Okanagan is, is uh, Dale Corey. And uh, yeah, really great to have you. It's been a little while. I'm glad we could uh, make this work. And uh, we're, we're here on the opening day of uh, Major League Baseball and on the eve of the BC AHL season getting underway. So yeah. perfect timing. it is Uh, it just
1: seems weird that yes uh we're into april now and we're finally uh starting uh starting the bchl regular season but uh, um it is the case it's a good thing uh things won't change much from where we were back in november with exhibition games and that fans won't be able to go to the games but uh i'm happy because there's hockey back and at least we can all get our fix of junior hockey for a while anyway
0: yeah yeah i'm happy for you guys um it was great to hear that the government was allowing the local leagues to, to finally get this underway. And I, I, was, I was quite concerned and worried about a lot of these kids uh, just missing out on a whole entire year, especially the ones that are uh, in the 20 year old range where this would have been their last year of hockey, trying to get a, a scholarship going into the NCAA. And uh, so this will be nice that at least A lot of these guys can showcase if they haven't been already committed to a a school, they can showcase themselves and hopefully get a education paid for down. south. yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh, it's so huge. And and I know I did a story uh, for Penticton now about a a month ago with uh, Fred Harbinson from the V's talking and, you know, that was his main concern. It was, it was uh, the team's probably going to lose a half million dollars and there's some other, you know, higher end teams, Chilliwack, um, uh, Vernon, uh, Nanaimo, some of the, the, the top teams that way, the, the teams that bring in the most uh, fans every game, um, they're going to lose a lot of money, and, and they figure a half million here. But Fred's main concern, you know, that's huge concern, but is about the players and the players that um, uh, could get a scholarship next year. And there's plenty that in, in the V's routinely, in this case, um, send a lot of players to uh, U.S. colleges on scholarships. And, and also the ones getting drafted because uh, there's, there's elite players that, that stay in, in junior A and are getting drafted into the NHL these days. And, and we're seeing a lot of those. So, and quite a few from Penticton as well. Um, so he was thinking about that. So the fact they can play 20 games um, might not be a lot of scouts in attendance, but obviously through um, um, the BC Hockey Network, they'll be able to watch the games from wherever they are and, uh, and still see these kids um, showcasing their talent and, and getting a chance at a scholarship or to get drafted next year.
0: Yeah, no, I'm I'm really happy that they could pull together. I can't uh, wait to discuss it. There's five pods that they've had. There's uh, three team pods and, and the, on the island, four teams. So we'll, we'll break down that. We'll talk a lot about how it's going to shape mm-hmm. up for this uh, 20 game, you know, very quick sprint before <laughs> there's uh playoffs and, and on to the championships and stuff. But uh, opening day of baseball, uh, always one of my favorite days on the calendar. Sure, right, right. You got your Mets. I got my team. looking a little ratty. Sorry about that. I'm seeing some holes now that I look at myself there. But. <laughs> a little <ratty>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a well worn. I'm sure. It is. The it years, is over the years. But uh, unfortunately, the Mets' opening day was uh, postponed today. There was uh, they were about to face the Washington Nationals. A really epic uh, pitching battle was uh, set to take place between Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer. And then uh, we heard yesterday that some of the Nats players had tested positive for COVID. And uh, unfortunately, a few hours before our first pitch today, they decided to postpone the game.
1: Yeah, it's been a rough uh, 24 hours here. Last night, the Canucks game gets canceled. Was looking forward to sitting down and watching that. And. And then today the Mets uh, and, and uh, their season opener in Washington gets uh, postponed as well. So um, tough one because they're all obviously geared for opening day. I mean, we have no idea what it feels like, but it's got to be pretty darn cool to be standing out there and, and, uh, and taking part in opening day festivities uh, at, at somebody else's ballpark. And then your own, of course. Yeah. Uh, and they've all got fans there. They're talking that Texas is going to be uh selling out uh their opening uh opening games so (laughs) whatever that fits 40 or fifty thousand or more so um uh but other teams are trying to keep it i think five or ten percent ten percent i think the new york teams are so yankees had i think seven or eight thousand in attendance today for the blue jays game so but yeah unfortunate um you know i guess we just expect that it's it's going to continue to happen um if it hits a team uh and we've seen it in, in all the other sports as well. If it hits, if it hits one player, the chances are because they're around each other so much it hits a few other players on the team. And since you're playing other opponents, it uh, possibly reaches out to them as well. So we, yeah. we hope it doesn't happen, but it just, it's got such uh, we're finding out now. I mean, man, this is it. over a year we've been talking about this and, and it was March 13th last year, going back to hockey when the BCHL canceled its playoffs and there was not going to be, uh, a Centennial Cup or anything like that. So March 13th. So we're wow. two weeks past that now, plus. Wow. Um, and it's still in that situation. We're talking about the resumption of hockey, but they have yet to play the games. I hope that they can play them all, but let's face it, you know, the Rockets got shut down for two weeks uh, just a couple of days ago. So we hope right. it doesn't hit the BCHL and all the teams can play their games, but um, you just, you gotta you got to hope for the best, but it's, it's unlikely that they'll get through everything without any COVID cases at all. So
0: that's yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully they, they're very strict with uh, how these bubbles work yeah. and uh, hopefully they can get the season in. I think it's super important for these young kids and, and for these communities, even though the fans can't be there, they can still support the team and, and watch the games and listen to them yeah. on the radio and that kind yeah. of thing. So, uh, but yeah, let's, um, Let's talk a little bit about uh, the Blue Jays. Uh, they had a huge victory today over uh, the New York Yankees. Uh, I'm, I am I have a, a couple of home runs to show from the game. It was a uh, a really good battle. Uh, the two aces, what's a, one great thing about opening day is you're always going to see these pitching aces. So Garrett Cole, the Yankees uh, big star that uh, signed to a $325 million deal uh, last year. Uh, John Ryu, uh, the uh, Jays ace, faces him. They actually ended up having the same lines today, five and a third innings, yeah, yeah. couple runs each. Uh, so the game was uh, 2-2. Let's uh, see how it got to 2-2. I've got a couple of home runs to show. Let's, let's Good, take man. a look. This is the uh, early home run. Gary Sanchez for the, for the
1: Yankees. (laughs) You kind of knew that was going right away.
0: (laughs) Well, that, uh, that put the Yankees up as they said, uh, two to one and uh, we Now we can go into, later on in the game, Uh, the Blue Jays have an opportunity later on to tie it up. Let's see this one.
1: Hernandez given the cleanup spot in the order for the outset of the season. And he got a pitch over the heart of the plate and he crushed it.
0: To Oscar Hernandez with a monster home run to tie the game at two. Hernandez given the cleanups. Okay. So two, two heading into extra innings and uh, the Blue Jays, um, the, the Blue Jays, uh, Start the inning with a guy on second base. Uh, I thought they were bringing that in last year to try to uh, minimize the length of games for for COVID. I thought, uh, you know, they had seven inning double headers, things like that. I was really surprised that Major League Baseball decided to go ahead and implement uh, having a guy on second base to start extra innings. Uh, I'm not a fan. Uh, What about yourself? No, well, I, I guess I think back to all the years I played slow pitch, where that's a rule kind of thing. You get to extra
1: innings and you put a guy on second base to get some runs going. So whoever thought that the rules that you play by in just, you know, stay at home, slow pitch, and Chilliwack would uh, would end up being adopted by Major League Baseball. And yeah. no, I'm more a purist that way. I think you play it out. It's uh, uh, it's one of those sports that, that doesn't have a, a, a finite amount of time to be played in um however long it goes it goes and and whether some people don't like baseball for the fact it can take a long time uh when you love baseball it doesn't really matter you you get into it and you understand what it's all about and every single change and 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 baseball is the one one of the coolest things i, I read that the box score you can look at a box score baseball box score and tell everything that happened in that game you know everything um yeah. you can see what every player did um every pitcher did uh Everything about the game—the errors, the home runs, uh, triples, doubles—it's um, a pretty cool aspect of, of the game itself. But um, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of it.
0: <laughs> I would, I would yeah. see sort of, sort of
1: play it played out and just um, play the game the way it's supposed to be played. But
0: well, luckily uh, the yeah. Blue were able to pull it out in ten. They they got the the run. Uh, they had uh, their closer Kirby Yates was hurt um, in spring training. Ended up having Tommy John surgery. Uh, He was supposed to come in and and be the big closer for them. They paid eight and a half million dollars for him to come in, uh, was hurt, but uh, they had um, five relievers. And then finally, uh, Merriweather came in, uh, struck out the side and uh, the Blue Jays took the victory. uh, Three hours and 44 minutes long. Uh, One of the greatest things about baseball is there is no clock and, uh, you know, it can be a lengthy game. Uh, Some people aren't happy with, Uh, The way the games are, uh, you know, too long these days. Uh, Funny thing is I I started looking at some of the statistics and I was quite surprised. Um, Last year uh, in 2020, games lasted an average of three hours and seven minutes. That's the longest it's ever been in in baseball history. 36% of all at bats ended in either a walk, a strikeout or a home run. Uh, So it's just make or miss these days or put the guy on base. The runs per game are 4.65 per game. And that's higher than 10 years ago, despite the average being about 12% lower than it was 12 percentage points lower Uh, and starting pitchers average less than five innings per start. And so we're just seeing bullpens coming in. We're feeding five, six, seven, eight. Uh yeah. arms coming in to try to close out a game. Are you ha- are you happy the way the baseball's evolved? Or oh. I said you're a purist. Uh <laughs> I, I don't really think the the baseball's as good as it has been over my lifetime.
1: You know, it's it's such a tough one to read because I think that the players are are, I'm gonna say, in in the best shape that probably any player in that sport's been. And I think it goes for all sports. I think it's just there's so much of an emphasis on being in shape 12 months of the year, you know, a hockey player back in the day in the NHL could, could take four months off and go sit at the, go sit at the cabin (laughs) at a lake somewhere and enjoy their beers and relax. Um, These days that might happen for a week or two and they're back in the gym and get them ready for the next season. Um, I think the games are way too long. I I mean, I, I am for keeping the game the way it should be played. and, And I know they've even looked at adopting the, the, um, Designated hitter in the National League this year and have stayed away from it at this point. But I mean, I'm yeah. soft. I mean, I'm a national league guy and I like the hitting from a pitcher, but uh that's okay. But um, but the games are yeah, they're getting way too long that way. Um, and I uh we're back from a day when the starting pitcher used to go seven, eight innings and nine yeah. innings and win a game by himself give that whole relief staff a night off. My god, that's exactly what you want. Um, but these days, if they get through five, like getting to six seems like a, a push these days and seven or eight is like a big bonus. So yeah, amazing. they, they don't keep men enough. I think they, you got to let them get through some, some, and, and if you can tell that the mechanics are off on a night, yeah, maybe you, you bring them out a little bit earlier, but um, if your team is still in the game, if you're, if you've given up four, but your team has scored five or four and you're in a close situation, then keep the guy in and, and let them try to win it and get some innings in. So,
0: but yeah, Yeah, well, we saw um, Tampa Bay utilized it and went far last year, obviously went to the finals against the Dodgers. But Kevin Cash ended up blowing it by pulling Blake Snell, putting in a relief pitcher, blowing the lead and losing that game six. And, you know, I think, you know, really legitimately had a shot to win that whole series. And Snell was dealing just impossible. Uh, Guys weren't able to hit him. And yeah. all of a sudden the analytics said, oh, pull him, yeah. pulls him, the reliever comes in, gas can, fire, boom, they yeah. lose the game. And, and I, I was so angry. I was so upset. I was like, <laughs> I was just livid that he wouldn't see that his ace is out there and he's unhittable right now. Keep him in until there is any trouble at all. And uh, it was it was one of the biggest blunders I've ever seen. I think it cost them the re- a really le- legitimate shot at winning the World Series. Ooh. Oh,
1: I, I totally agree. Um uh, uh you know, i I'm not against any team when, when the Mets aren't playing, I don't cheer against anybody. i I was happy to see the Dodgers win. Uh I would have loved to have seen Tampa Bay win as well. So there's you don't lose in that kind of situation. You just want to see you want to see game seven and extra innings. This is what you want to see if if neither one is your team. Um, but yeah, I think that really changed changed the whole outcome of the series. And and who knows if Tampa Bay doesn't you know, end up getting that one and going on to win, but he was pitching such a great game. And, and I think, and and I was always a pitcher in baseball, obviously just a minor league level, but you always wanted to be in control of the game. And, and, and he was so much in control of it. If, if, um, if he's thrown a lot of pitches and he's getting tired, you can see it. And, and, you know, he's not getting him in the right sides of the plate or anything or keeping it low, then yeah, you got to make a change. But if he's still on his game, um, I think you let them, you give them a little bit more parameters, so to speak, and, and let them, let them carry it and win it. And, and it didn't happen last year. And yeah, I think
0: you can it, it worked. Yeah, sure. Sure. To, took the ball out of the wrong guy's hand and oh, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. lost, lost yeah. the series for him. I, I, was, I was just, I thought it was one of the worst blunders I've ever seen as a manager could make. And uh, yeah, it really was tough to see so yeah hopefully uh we won't see something like that where you know teams right on the cusp of winning a championship because it's hard to get there and really hard to win and they had a really legitimate shot until that moment um why don't we turn to the mets and talk about a bit of the the off-season things uh francisco lindor is uh the newest multi -multi multi-millionaire he uh he said to the mets organization and the new owner steve cohen that uh, I will not negotiate my contract when the season starts yeah. I want a long-term deal give me the money and uh, they were uh, far apart and I guess they had a, a dinner the other night and decided yeah, yeah, to sit yeah. down and try to break bread and see if they could come together yeah. and uh, finally on the cusp on the eve of the, the season starting he signs a 10year. $341 million deal. So, uh, you know, it's not our money. Uh, great that somebody's got that kind of money and they yeah. can pay it. Uh, I was just happy for you that you've got him for 10 years uh, in New York. A really huge acquisition. Oh, I th- I
1: think it's huge. And, and, you know, going into the off season, they, they had to, they had to make some changes. And I think they made some positive ones without going crazy in their spending. I mean, you know, we've seen, you know, what seems like the Yankees have done in the past. And even, you know, uh, Tatis is 22 years old. Like, you're locking him in for so many years at such big money at the age of 22. And, um, but you know what? It's, it's a gamble, and, and you're, you're putting your money on a kid, and if he comes through, my, he's in a great, you know, he's at the right position to play, key position, and he's yeah. your star player for a lot of years Then how do you complain about it? In this case, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to the games buying the tickets, uh, buying the hot dogs or anything at uh, City Field, um, so it's not out of pocket for me. So spend, 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 but, <laughs> but I don't really think that way either. I mean, George Springer, um, I, I was maybe a little bit disappointed that they didn't go a little harder on, him. uh, but they knew that they had to do Lindor and, um, and Conforta was also up. And I think they've got to really work hard to sign him and Syndergaard as well. But, but, um, I watched Saturday's game. I hadn't seen any of the preseason games or, uh, great league games. And, and I watched Saturday, um saturday's game and and he just did everything i just sat in awe like he made probably three good plays at shortstop that you know backhand plays threw guys out um i think he had three hits he had a stolen base um and even pete Alonso said give him 400 million he's he's you can see in the dressing room or clubhouse what he's like at the age of 27 so cool so after saturday i was like you know what you got to spend the money and sign this guy like you cannot do it for a year and let him go like yeah. he he's a shortstop he's 27 in 10 years yeah it's gonna he's gonna go downhill most likely but um uh but what he does in the in the in the locker room i think from what they talk about he's a key leader and it's and so it was good to see i think they you know with him and mccann and uh carrasco the other guy from cleveland they got um uh and other guys start to perform and get chances to perform i i, I like the chances anyway so
0: yeah yeah it's great um it's the third largest contract, uh, money-wise, ever handed out in MLB history. Uh, Mike Trout got 12 years, 426 and a half Mookie Betts, 12 years, 365. Um, and then we've got, uh, yeah, we we saw the Tatis number was 14 years for 340. So uh, he got him one more million than him uh, with only, uh, four less years. And uh, Bryce Harper has a 13-year deal for 330 million. So massive money being thrown around. Even though they didn't have any fans in the ballparks yeah, yeah. last year, uh, there's still obviously money in baseball. I'm glad there's finally some fans coming to this, this stadium, so they can start paying for some of these salaries. But obviously, uh, most of these owners are billionaires. Uh, lots and lots and lots yeah. of money. And um, yeah, I, I was happy for you. Uh, you you've got such an incredible starting pitching staff uh, you've got you know some guys that have really bolted the lineup Pete Alonzo coming in there you mentioned him uh, saying give 400 million uh, when he won the home run title a couple of years ago it was pretty incredible rookie year yeah. Yeah. Uh, you've got DeGrom you got Strowman, Walker uh, David Peterson. you've got yeah. You've got a, a hell of a lineup. Uh, yeah. I think uh, they're going to you know, be neck and neck, I think with the Braves this year. Um, but uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, Mets are probably going to go really far in the National League. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, it, hey, we always enter this season with optimism. And I, I vividly remember talking to you one year ago when the Mets uh, started the season, I think it was a five two or five three win that day on opening day right. um and, and we recorded this right after that. um and obviously it, it was a 60 game and you don't want to really look at last season i mean uh, uh give teams their their due credit for winning of course but um but it's just not a real season that way so it's kind of a throwaway thing but uh, but we didn't know at that time what it was going to be like either so um That's true. uh but uh um, no, it's it's uh, it's a great time of year for this uh, to to get things going to get some people. Uh, it's interesting you mentioned Cohen um, going out for dinner with Lindor, and then he kind of went to Twitter and and asked fans what what they thought, uh, and that's pretty unique. You know what? You yeah. can, um it's his money uh and they realize if they're diehards and they're going to the games it's going to cost them more to go to the games because they just committed 30 some million a year to this guy so and even even years after the contract ends it's still like so prorated that he's looked after for 10 10 or 15 (laughs) years after that i mean they're still paying bobby Bonilla. i think it's a million dollars a year i saw the other day (laughs) he hasn't played with him for centuries already um uh so it's kind of crazy the way these contracts are structured but uh, yeah, it's good to it's good to have fans back and, and to get the games going. I think we we um, you know it's it's tough news the other day with with um, you know bars and restaurants and, and places yeah. having to close down from dining and everything. And I'm I'm a director with the Chamber of Penticton and in the South Okanagan. And I see all the restaurants that it it's tough and it's a tourist area and people, you know that uh, the fall of the show they're in Vancouver and come out here a lot and know what I'm talking about, how, how much fun it is to come out. So, so it's tough that way. So we need some good positive things and we just hope it's uh, just like hockey that it keeps going. I mean, the Canucks were obviously hit yesterday as well. So, yeah. um, um, so we, we got to get through the health situation first and, and, you know, try to, I guess, limit the damage all across and, and try to feel good about some things with some baseball and hockey as
0: well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The very first home run today was hit by Miguel Cabrera. He hit his 350th in a Detroit Tigers uniform. He's chasing 500 home runs this year. And I want to go through a bunch of the milestones that could be hit by a lot of players this year. Because it's really fun to start at the beginning of the season. I remember the season with McGuire and Sosa. And everybody was like, they're going to chase the... um, 61 record and they're going to hit it and it just electrified the entire continent and everybody was like okay i i love baseball i'm watching 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 i want a, a lot of people to know the milestones that a lot of these guys can achieve this year but uh, Miguel cabrera started the season off perfect first home run of the whole entire campaign and uh the weather was strange so take a, take a look i was pretty shocked that the 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 weather that he had to face uh today in detroit it was pretty i, I, I haven't seen the highlights
1: so this is new to me so was it snow like in toronto yeah <laughs> it was it was cool. snow. Oh. that is it's <laughs> snow. was is that a
0: pinocchio one, one sky to right deep and go oh, miguel cabreras 350th as a tiger slides into second base because he didn't actually see it go over the wall.
1: <laughs> wow. I'm going to replay it. Check it out. <laughs> that <is laughs> was, it, was, that, was that
0: a Pinocchio? One Look at that one, Sky right. He, 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 he couldn't tell where it was. He wasn't sure and if gone. it got or not. Miguel Cabrera's 350th as a tiger. Thought, Did <laughs> it hit the wall? Did What happened?
1: <laughs> I, I couldn't even see where it landed, actually. I mean, the outfielder didn't make much of a play at it, so that's usually your... Your telltale that it was a ways over, but
0: yeah, that wow. yeah, was funny. And he, he, uh, they, they, they gave him the, yeah, yeah, hit, yeah, <laughs> go around the bases. That was a home run. So, as I said, 350th home run of in his Tigers career. Uh, he is, um, so he's, uh, yeah, so he's, uh, four, 487, uh, no, 489 home runs in his career. So he's only only got to get 21 home runs this season to be the 27th player to hit five home run, 500 home runs in his career. And um, he's also 134 hits shy of 3,000. Wow. So he would be only the seventh player to get both. Hank Aaron, Alex Rodriguez, Albert Pujols, Willie Mays, Rafael Palmero and Eddie Murray are the only guys to have 500 home runs and and 3000 hits so uh pretty wow. pretty awesome uh, oh, yeah. company that he's chasing there uh definitely a hall of fame career and uh really legitimately has a shot to get the the uh home runs and 134 hits uh over a full season if they can play the 162 games I think legitimate shot for him one of the best uh, hitters of his generation oh yeah he's a
1: stud like he's just there all the time like he just puts up great numbers and detroit's one of those almost forgotten franchises for a lot of years now i mean they were good for a while but um but they haven't had too much of a team for for a few years now and and they've struggled and but he has stuck with it and been there and i mean he is he's fun to watch he, he can make the place defensively as well but his hitting is just like it yeah it, it sends you to the hall of Fame no question about it
0: He's uh he's got a career three thirteen average and only Ted Williams Babe Ruth and Jimmy Fox are the only three that have a better career average uh, in the five hundred um, home run <laughs> club. So, uh yeah, Albert Pujols um he's uh ninth, uh, no he's currently fourteenth all time in hits and this year he can probably become ninth all time really? in hits. He's set to pass uh, Mola J, Eddie Murray, Willie Mays, Eddie Collins, and Paul Molitor. Uh, <laughs> so uh, amazing company. Um, he's also third in total. He also has an opportunity to get third in total bases and extra base hits in his career. Um, he's He needs, uh, let me see, he needs... Uh, What's the number here? Total bases. Yeah, I I think. Yeah, he's career extra base hits. He's fifth all time behind Babe Ruth, Stan Musial, Barry Bonds and Hank Aaron. Uh, Total bases, he trails Barry Bonds, Willie Mays, Stan Musial and Hank Aaron. Same type of guys. Um, 5,923 career total bases and 1,347 career extra base hits. So um, his they are very close to uh, uh, just reaching the upper echelon of the top hitters in the game. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. What a, what a career too. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well,
0: and, and baseball is one of those sports.
1: I mean, you can have a long career if you can, you know, your, your chance. are not a contact sport most of the time. So you don't get into the injury factor quite as much, although you play 162 games and, and that in itself is amazing to think that you're playing six out of every seven days, pretty much <laughs> straight for six months. Um, yeah. And Amazing. even those those days off, you're still at the ball field. I'm sure, but um, it's pretty cool to see some of these guys that have that have lasted that long, and uh, and have performed at such a high level. I mean, it really says something about the talent. It's it's unique. I mean, they're they're obviously talented just to get to the major leagues, but but to hold on to something like Cabrera uh, has for all those years. Uh, for Detroit fans to give them something good to cheer about is pretty cool. So
0: very cool. Yeah. Uh, some, some pitchers, uh, Max Scherzer has, uh, only 216 strikes away from the hitting the 3000 club. Uh, he enters this year, 23rd on the all-time list. Um, Justin Verlander was the last to do it. And he was the 18th member of the 3000 strikeout club. The only non hall of famers on the list are Roger Clemens and Kurt Schilling and CC Sabathia and Justin Verlander, who are not eligible yet, so uh, getting that 3,000 strikeout club is almost a guarantee that you're um, gonna be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he's won uh, three Cy Youngs in his career, and um, yeah, if he stays healthy, he has a fantastic shot at it, and he'll pass a lot of pitchers on this trek up the mountain. Uh, if he only gets 20 strikeouts in his First few uh, games, he passes Cy Young. Uh, Cy Young, obviously, is the name on the trophy for the best pitcher in each league every year. So, uh, obviously, one of the greatest pitchers of all time. So, um, yeah, he was set to face the Mets today. Obviously, that game got postponed. But, um, yeah, he's going to get 20, obviously. And it looks like he's going to get 3,000.
1: Yeah. Would have been such a great matchup against the Grom. I'm I'm so looking forward to watching Degrom. This year, because he's performed as well at such a high level um, and stuck with it, I think really wants to stay in New York with the Mets and and sees a team that, that now has a uh, the richest owner in baseball behind him to try to put the pieces together, and that always yeah. helps a little bit more. So, um, uh, so but Scherzer's been man, you just don't want to face him like as 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 a Mets fan, you never wanted to see him come up for those three games where they were going to face and hope that maybe you got lucky on it, but not usually because they were going to try to work it that he was going to pitch against the Mets. So and he's, he's yeah. tough too. like that fastball is just
0: amazing. So. Unreal. Yeah. Uh, Clayton Kershaw is 171 strikeouts behind Don Seton to be the Dodgers all time strikeout leader, uh, yeah. The only active pitcher who is their team's all-time strikeout leader is Steven Strasburg. He has 1,697. And that's actually more than anyone in the Nats or Expos ever got. Uh, But he's the only active pitcher out of all the teams in baseball. So Clayton Kershaw, uh, passing Don Sutton to become that. Uh, 171 shy, I think, Kershaw, uh, as long as he stays healthy, uh, easily um, going to get there. Uh, other milestones: Yadier Molina will get his 2,000th game behind the plate catching, uh, sixth on the all-time list, and uh, 37 shy of for of Jason Kendall for fifth, 68 shy of Gary Carter for fourth all-time. So um, moving up into that uh, top yeah. tier of all-time catchers, uh, everybody loves Yadier and. Uh, Joey Votto, Canadian, uh, he's about to get 300 home runs and 1,000 RBIs, sitting at 295 home runs and 966 RBIs. Uh, Only the second Canadian, hopefully, to ever get 300. Larry Walker finished with 383. And right now, he's third in RBIs behind Justin Morneau, who had uh, 985, and Larry Walker, who finished uh, with 1311. So uh vado becoming one of those um yeah top canadians of all time
1: yeah yeah. uh and hey that's that's something to be said for that because he's he's uh playing with a pretty good team in cincinnati that that has you know struggled at times but but it seems to be improving more and more but uh but he's been pretty consistent as well eh? and and another one of those canadians it's not as you know, you're coming out of Canada, and even though I think players are getting showcased much more now than they used to be, they're they're watching for talent up here. Um, it's still not that easy. So uh to get there and to keep going at this high level and, and hit the home runs he's hit, that's that's pretty amazing and pretty cool for him to see. And and uh uh Kershaw, I mean, he's he's just so cool to watch, you know, he's just gotta be in awe. It matters not who he plays for, he's just He's such a competitor and i think if uh if uh everybody in in all the leagues had that kind of fire in him to win games and then want to compete want to play um they'd be much more successful probably so
0: yeah and you're right no yeah. kidding yeah uh two more mentions um araldis chapman uh he's about to reach 300 saves for his career uh he's third among active pitchers with Kenley Johnson and Craig Kimball ahead of him. So he sits at 276, so another 24 to reach 300. Kenley Johnson has 312 and Craig Kimbrell has 348. Uh, if he gets the 20 save, 24 saves, he would become the 31st pitcher to reach the 300 save mark. And John Lester, uh, only seven wins away from 200 wins in his career. And uh, he just signed a one-year deal with the Nats this year after six years with the Cubs. So, um, uh, yeah, some kind of cool milestones. Uh, Some of the top players in the game uh, chasing some great things. Um, I looked at a lot of um, baseball prognosticators and a a lot of – I did some research and help. And uh, the Yankees and the Dodgers are favored as usual. I think that was the same two teams that were favored to go all the way. Uh, to the championship this year, they're picking most people are picking the Dodgers, AL champions, the Yankees. But, um, let's see in the east, they've got the Yankees, the White Sox, and the Astros uh, taking their division titles. Uh, with the Rays and the Blue Jays, uh, as the wild card teams, they're thinking so three teams from that AL East making the playoffs possibility. It'd be great to see the Jays, um, be able to pull that off again and, uh. Uh, any other teams you want to mention in the East that you think we should be looking out for? Oh, and the, well, the American league.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess Boston is, is, you know, they've, they've kind of, they've lost some players and, and I think it's going to be tough for them to, to maybe compete at the same level as the Yankees and, and now the blue Jays with, with what the blue Jays have, um, you know, I, I guess you you I I love to see the Blue Jays and these young kids and I think you know listening to you know, watching the game today, um, uh and and listening to uh uh listening to the players talk about all these young kids and how how far advanced they are at like early twenties kind of thing, um and, you know that's kind of cool to see that that they feel that they're they're that far gone and and. You know that's why springer looked at that is is that he he could sign into that with with a lot of you know key tools already in place kind of thing yeah um, but to see all those young guys and in, in the way they're performing i mean they got some good things ahead of them and if, if the pitching after Ryu you can come through and, and they can get some wins out of some of those guys um you know they they could compete against the Yankees I think for for the uh East Penns anyway. Yeah yeah
0: um, they've said that uh, the Rays might take a step back because they lost both Snell and Morton. Uh, in the AL Central, a lot, of te- a lot of people are saying that the Twins have a good shot at that title. Um, unfortunately, Josh Donaldson got hurt today. First inning, he got a double. He went around first base and seemed to pull up lame. Uh, they said it was tightness in his hamstring uh, last year. He had a calf injury and he only played 28 games. Uh, that was his first year of his four year, $92 million deal. So uh, let's hope uh, for Minnesota and Josh that uh, it's nothing serious um, with his hamstring. Uh, Minnesota's a fun, exciting team, and I think they'll be battling for the top of that AL Central. Uh, the AL West Dodgers is, uh, are the front runners, but uh, we've got Houston and Oakland, obviously. Um, they're always um, in the mix. Uh, why don't we talk about the National League as well? Uh, we talked about the East a bit. Uh, the Mets and the Braves are kind of the front runners in most people's minds. Nationals, Phillies, and Marlins sort of down the the chain. Um, yeah, we'll see. I don't know why the Phillies can't pull it together. They seem to really go in, all in uh, with Bryce Harper and a bunch of guys uh, a couple seasons ago and. Um, but, uh, most prognosticators are picking them fourth in that, uh, NL East. Yeah, I
1: think, uh, I think Atlanta and they've added some pitching as well. So, um, they've, they've gotten better through the offseason. Uh, the Mets had to, and, and they've improved, but, but Atlanta was a good team before and they've also improved. So I, I think the Braves have probably got the best shot at, at winning the East title. Um, I think the Mets can compete with them if, uh, if the nationals, I mean, what they're pitching, if if they can add a little bit more offensively, um, you know, they could be close in there as well. And and Philadelphia, who knows? They've signed some players as well. So um, I think Miami's just gonna be in tough. Uh I remember seeing a Facebook post the other day kind of looking negatively that the major league teams would allow. A a third of their stadiums to be full, which the joke was that that meant that Miami should gain attendance because they would never (laughs) be a third full. So, um, uh, in some in some cases, that was going to benefit the team. So, um, but yeah, they just uh, they probably will continue to struggle down there. But I think the Braves, um, Braves and the Dodgers. I mean, they're they're both going to be strong teams again this year.
0: Uh, For the Braves, uh, Mike Soroka, um, coming back from an injury plague year last year, um, Canadian. Hopefully uh, he has a great bounce back year. Uh, NL Central, most people are picking the Cardinals. Uh, Brewers finished second, Cubs, Pirates and Reds uh, down the line. Brewers had a a big walk-off win today. They were down three going into the ninth they got three runs tied it up and and won it in the 10th lorenzo Kane came came around and and scored on minnesota uh nl west uh the dodgers are definitely the front runner but the padres are a really fun exciting team Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people are going to start adopting them as the team to watch you mentioned tatis but they've got a lot of really fun young guys as you we're mentioning about the some of the other teams there uh I think a lot of people are going to love those 19 games that those two teams play against each other and battling yeah. I, I think um the Padres have a real good shot at making a wild card and uh probably not winning that division but given the, the Dodgers a bit of the run for their money
1: or you know I think they can uh, they're a pretty exciting team and, and you know with Tatis uh, to, to lead off like that and and to play a key role um and, and some of the other younger guys that they've got, uh, if they can add the pitching that they need to compete against the Dodgers, because the Dodgers are so strong with their pitching right now. Um, I mean, Price is going to start in the bullpen, I heard. So um, I, I'm not sure if they just wanted to work them a little bit more or or if he could be in that starting group. But uh, um, they are very strong pitching. But San Diego is going to be fun to watch, no question about it. And, and it's a pretty good baseball market as well. So if, if fans are allowed to go back in, um, it would be interesting to see what San Diego, San Diego can do there just with wisdom wins and some of the young talent that they've got. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, um, the blue Jays uh, have to play their games um, in Florida. Uh, they've said that they're going to play them up until uh, May the 24th in Dunedin. Uh, then they're going to reevaluate and see if they have to go to Buffalo or they can come back to Toronto. Um uh, I think they're going to allow some fans there. I don't. Uh, I actually don't know how big the the stadium is for fans there. But um, that uh, the experiment in Buffalo, I didn't really think was very good for the Jays. And it. Uh, I mean, it led to a you know a playoff game. But uh, I. I just um, yeah. I sure hope they can find a permanent home soon and, and get back to Toronto. Uh, I I know this COVID is probably not going to allow it this year, but. Uh, it's tough. It's tough to you know constantly be on the road and yeah. and uh, having to make this your home ballpark.
1: Well, and I think um, I mean for for any professional athlete these days, um, I think they're all in the same boat. Basketball, um, uh, hockey, um, and now baseball uh, players are either staying in their own homes or they're staying in a hotel room somewhere. You're you're going to the arena. I'm I'm not sure what they're doing for for meal arrangements, but. I wouldn't doubt the players are coming back to their own, either maybe eating at the dressing room with everybody and then going back to their own room or going back and eating there. Um, yeah. You know, I think back in the day and, and going back to junior hockey, you're, you're all staying as a group to go have a post game meal or something. But um, I doubt if that's what's taking place these days. I think they're pretty isolated in the room. So, um, yeah. you know, you, you meet, her, you get some, you get to a city, you go to your hotel room, you go to the arena, you go back to your hotel room, you might go to the arena for the second game or third game in some cases these days uh, going back to the airport and flying somewhere else. So um, it's a cool life. They're still playing professional hockey and, and yeah. baseball or whatever, but it's, it's unfortunate that they couldn't allow the blue Jays and, and Ontario is a tough place these days with COVID. They're, yeah, they're right. getting locked down as much as we are in BC. So, uh, uh, but it's unfortunate they couldn't allow, them. you know, as a team, I think most teams have charter planes these days. They can be flying into Toronto, They could be going straight to the to the to the stadium where they could stay at a hotel right there and never leave the premises and get shuttled back to the airport and fly away. And I don't I wouldn't have a serious problem with that. I think they could do it. But, you know, obviously the Blue Jays players have to be flying back and forth all the time as well, which is probably more of a concern.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the Blue Jays' biggest offseason signing was George Springer. You've mentioned him uh, in this um, podcast uh, already. Uh, the thing, though, f- I-, I felt so sorry for the fans was it was almost like Christmas morning and you had a brand new toy and you couldn't play with it. You had to deal with the rest of the family. You had to have breakfast. You had to wait for everybody to open their presents. And you just want to take it outside and play with it. And he's on the 10-day DL to start the year. Uh, Pretty disappointing start to, uh, you know, their big free agent offseason signing and their center fielder for many, many, many years to come. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it's really too bad. I mean, it looked a little cold there, Yankee Stadium as well. He had had kind of a big parka and mitts on and everything. Um, But, yeah, you want to play the games. And and, uh, uh, for the Blue Jays, they want to showcase their their big offseason signing. And obviously – as much as anything, for George Springer, he wants to prove that he's worth the money, that he was worth one of the, being one of the top signed players uh, of the off season, um, and that he was worth taking not a gamble that way, but uh, investing a lot of money <laughs> in his in his talents, kind of thing. So, um, uh, but unfortunate that way, he'll get back in there, and he's a tremendous player. Um, as much as I would have liked to see him patrol the outfield for the Mets. I think they're taking care of it there right now. I didn't think it was a priority as much. Um, so I'm glad the Blue Jays were able to sign it because we get to see lots of Blue Jays games here anyway. So we'll, we'll get to see him actually in action that much more. And, and he's an unbelievable talent.
0: sure Yeah, no, he's incredible. And um, the, the Blue Jays were getting much better uh, offensively last year. A lot of these, uh, guys that they had groomed a lot of the guys that were sons of uh, former major leaguers coming through. And the biggest one was Vladimir Guerrero. Everybody thought, wow, you know, if he could be anything like his dad, uh, you know, he went into that home run derby and hit 50, 60 bombs or whatever, but he yeah. lost 40 pounds in the off season. Uh, that was impressive. Re- I couldn't even believe the difference in him. Uh, he seems to be, finally getting it and being super dedicated to, uh, taking his talent. He looked good in the spring. And I think, uh, this is the year for him to finally emerge. Yeah, I
1: think so. He, uh, I mean, it was so much fun watching, uh, uh, him and Pete Alonzo go at it uh, a couple of years ago, I guess now, but, um, you can really tell, I mean, he's, but what a stud though. Like he's just so good at the plate and protecting the plate. Um, you know, drew the one, not bat I saw today. He drew a walk. Um, uh, but he's good at protecting the plate, but he's so strong, he just gets over top of the ball like his home runs are line drives. He's just so strong to, to push it outside, uh, uh, push it out of the ballpark. So, um, so it's gonna be fun watching him and and uh and BGO and and all those young guys, Bob uh, And yeah, yeah,
0: yeah I, I yeah.
1: mean, you think of it when there's like three fun. three uh players on that team, have fathers that had like really good baseball careers like they were all star players on their yeah. team yeah. um, and in the league for a lot of years so um, so that wears off when a, on a young guy that's uh, you're around the ballpark all the time you understand the game and understand what it takes and you've got the talent to play at that level most importantly so um, so it's going to be fun to watch them we'd we see a lot of games here and, and um, as much as I'm a Mets fan I'd love to see the Blue Jays be winning lots of games as well and and watching those young guys excel
0: yeah well, it um, yeah just sort of reignites this this country. Uh, everyone uh, starts pulling for them, and there are a lot of Mariners fans in these parts. But um, when the Jays do well, it, it seems to sort of unite the country uh, on baseball. And I'm looking forward to it. So yeah, well, here we are. Uh, we did we actually did the podcast a year ago, and <laughs> we uh, yeah we talked about Opening Day. Uh, here we are again doing it now, and. Uh, I'm excited. The season is going to be great. There was a ton of games today. And, uh, yeah, it's a it's a 162-game schedule. I don't know if they're going to make that, but a lot better than the 60-game sprint like they that they had last year. And, um, yeah, you and I will periodically have a few of these talks and, and see how the season's progressing. I think it's going to be fun. But uh, yeah. why don't we talk about the BCHL? They finally were able to pull together their – schedules they've decided to go into some bubbles five different bubbles around the province and uh, I was I'm able to show the bubbles and uh, you can kind of just go through them and we can start talking a little bit about uh, each each of them and uh, yeah break it down uh, how it is this year it's going to be a very interesting scenario for uh yeah for the the fans of these areas and as we mentioned off the top there's three team pods they're calling them pods not bubbles uh except the four team uh port alberni pod that has got alberni valley couch and valley nanaimo and victoria but uh why don't we go to the penticton pod that has the cranbrook bucks and the trail smoke eaters and cranbrook is an expansion team correct
1: yeah, this is their first year. What um, a strange way to enter uh, Junior A hockey. Of course, Cranbrook had a um, major junior team for quite a few years. They went to Winnipeg um, and uh, now they're back in Junior A hockey. Uh, uh, and it's good to see. I think it's a good hockey market, probably for Junior A. Maybe it was pushing a little bit too much for Major Junior. but um, uh, But it'll be interesting to see what they can put together and Trails had some good battles with, uh, with Penticton over the years. They've had some uh, good teams over the last couple of years, but I think they've lost some key players as well. I mean, they had three players last year that were, were right up there, uh, in the scoring race. Uh, those guys aren't around anymore. So, um, I think, I think the, the V's, uh, they've lost a few players that have gone south to, to continue and were able to play through the season, but they've still got pretty much the same team intact that, won 13 or 14 exhibition games in november and and won the okanagan okanagan cup exhibition series Uh, most of those guys are still there so i really um uh, from that standpoint i i don't see the bees losing a lot of games in this first round they're going to play 10 games each against trail and cranbrook um and to me it's a lot of games i think when when i talked to fred a couple weeks ago it's going to be each team will play 20 games in like 38 days. So it'll be wow. a schedule fairly similar to what we've seen with the Canucks right now in that it seems that every second game we're watching, we're sitting at the TV watching a hockey game. So, um, so these will pretty much be in the same boat and, and the other night, it'll be a, the other two teams playing maybe. So, wow. so uh, South Okanagan events center will be a busy place over the next month and a half with hockey games. And who knew that we were ever going to get to that point, that we could say that um, yeah. fans are not allowed at the games. Uh, it'll be on on uh, the BC Hockey Network, so you can uh, uh, tune into the games there with a subscription. Um, and some teams have radio broadcasts; these do have radio broadcasts on okay. Easy Rock here. So um, okay. fans that are that are watching this, if you wanted to tune in, just through um, on your computer, or your phone. Uh, uh, it's Easy Rock AM eight hundred here in Penticton, and they do radio broadcasts. One of the few teams that still does a radio broadcast of the game. So, awesome. uh, but it's. I think it's going to get a little boring after a while. You're playing the same team 10 times. I think it's, I think it's, I would have sooner seen the five pods maybe knocked down to three, maybe one on the island, one in the interior, one, uh, or one in the mainland, one in the interior. Um, I think the V's have such a good rivalry with Vernon and Salmon Arm and West Cologne. It made sense for all those teams to come together. Um, right. uh, and, and so I know that would mean a 16 pod, but maybe that means you play the other five teams four times each and you get to your 20 games or something. Um, If it was hosted in Penticton. And I know, you know, the league governors have have gone back and forth and I think early on back in December, it was, it was discussed of, of having a bubble in Penticton and maybe using there's for fans that don't know the, the main arena is, is tied to the uh, Okanagan hockey school arena, which is tied to the trade and convention center, uh, which is tied to the aquatic center and everything else. So, uh, but the trade convention center, um, is, is got a lot of square feet. So I think they were talking of housing, all the teams in there, bringing in meals and, and having a pod and that didn't uh, fly with everybody, I guess. So, um, so they've gone to this route. Uh, it gets the games in the bottom line. As we said, it's, it's not as much for teams to make money. I know some are selling those cardboard cutouts and what chiefs have sold a lot so far. I've seen some of their Facebook posts. It's pretty cool. Uh, uh, I think I still have a little uh, my son York's here. I, I was thinking I have a little Chilliwack Chiefs uh, uh, the Broken Ice jerseys when they were black and gold a few years ago. But they're probably a little too small to fit them now. So, <laughs> um, wow. uh, so yeah, Chilliwack's hosting a pod uh, with Merritt and Prince George and, and you know, there again, they have little in common with Merritt and Prince George uh, whereas Coke Willem's hosting a pod um, while well, Langley's not playing either. So you've got uh, a Powell River in that pod. So there's not really any big rivalries in any of the pods, and I think wow. that that's where you kind of miss out a little bit. I would sooner see that knock down a couple and um, and having more teams and and getting a bit of rivalry going between those two teams as opposed to just or playing the it's either Cranbrook or Trail kind of can okay. yeah.
0: I I think they kind of dropped the ball having the pods only three teams because yeah, it's it's really going to be. Uh, yeah, difficult to play, Yeah, you know, like you say, 20 games against two teams in 38 days. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, having it down to maybe two or three bubbles would have been much better. But uh, yeah, Penticton won the interior division last year with a huge, amazing record of 44-12-1-1. One and one. Uh, They were 13-1, uh, and one, I think, in that exhibition uh, for that Okanagan Cup. And... Uh, another 7-2 and two in the, the preseason games. Trail was 36-17, 2-2, two and, two, and they had a great season last year. One of the best in, in team history. Mm-hmm. Um, they did lose a few players, but they got a couple of lone players from the Langley Rivermen who decided to not have their yeah. season go this year. And as we said, uh, Crownbrook is the expansion team. Um, they were 3-5-1 and one in exhibition games. And uh, they played Trail seven straight times in the exhibition already. So um, yeah. uh, another 10 times in the next five <laughs> weeks. So yeah, these guys are gonna be sick of each other. It's kind of crazy. Uh, in the uh, Coquitlam bubble, we've got the Coquitlam Express, which was the top team in the BCHL regular season uh, last year. 47, nine, one and one was their record last year. Uh, but they've lost a lot of that talent, unfortunately. Uh but their and exhibition as well. What's that?
1: And coaches as well. So. Oh
0: wow. And their exhibition record was eight and three, so pretty good still. Um Powell River was 29, 23, and 6 uh in 2020, but zero exhibition games for some reason. And was it just uh traveling uh because of the COVID and stuff? They didn't play any exhibition games at all this offseason.
1: Yeah, I believe so. Some of the teams, um, yeah, really cut back on them. And, and um, I've got to think it was more a travel thing than anything else that uh, yeah. the the expense of coming across. I mean, um, for, for these guys here to be traveling to to West Cologne or, or Salmon Armor Vernon is, is a quick hour, hour and a half drive for Penticton for the most part. So for those guys yeah. to start in and, and not that much expense. So because That's it's easy. so close, they might not have even had postgame meals, might have just come back right after. Well, we'll need a pregame meal for the most part. So so I'm, I'm sure the expense was a big part of it, um, although they probably opted out that way just because of that. So.
0: Okay. Uh, Surrey's the other team in that bubble or in that pod. Uh, 27, 23, four and four. They were four and three in the exhibition. Uh, they have one of the strongest returning classes from what I've heard uh, and very impressive additions. They got Holden Kotzele, who played last year with the Giants in the WHL. So uh, Surrey should be a a team to look forward Uh, to. You mentioned the Chiefs in the Chilliwack pod. Um, They're always a pretty decent team, uh, if not some of the best. Uh, They've got 14 college-committed players uh, this year, and that leads the league for the BCHL. Um, They... Lost some guys between the exhibition and the start of the year. So um, they were only uh, 500 in the exhibition record, but uh, they're home. uh, That should be an advantage. Uh, They're facing a couple teams that struggled really badly last year with Prince George, 18, 32, three and five. Uh, They are the defending uh, (laughs) page cup champions though, because there was no title in 2020. So 2019 they won the page cup and uh that's kind of crazy but only one guy from that championship team still remains Corey <laughs> cunningham is the only guy left no. uh it's kind of weird when a whole entire playoffs gets wiped out uh, to have a defending champion from that far back
1: yeah 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 I, somebody mentioned that the other day i was like mm, i guess they still are because nobody won it last year so Man. well and as i mentioned earlier march 13th is the day that it all shut down I and mean, you know, I I know you've talked about Coquitlam and, and here in Penticton. I, they're the Express were here for two games uh, through the regular season. They were both great games. Um, um, really look forward to seeing them play. And I thought they were in a collision course for the BCHL championship. And I think it would have been a hell of a series. So would have been great. Yeah, such good teams. Um, the V's were getting set to play Vernon, which would have put four thousand people in the arena every game. So. Um, so it's tough to tough at that point. Um, you know, the season ends and, and, uh, there's no championship. Uh, this season isn't going to be much different. I mean, there'll be some regular season games, but it's starting in April. And I don't think the playoffs will amount to much, maybe some one game series, uh, how they'll do that. They're not even sure yet. And they're not okay. even sure if they'll get to that point. So, so two years running, uh, there won't be, so even going into next year, I'm sure Prince George will still be considered the, defending BC Hockey League champions so
0: right <laughs> and I mentioned Merritt. Uh, they're the only team that missed out on the playoffs last year uh, they seem to be quite a bit better in the preseason offensively uh the Port Alberni pod has Alberni Valley couch and valley Nanaimo uh, it looks like uh the probably the strongest team out of that is couch and valley but uh, in in hockey, uh, junior hockey, you're going to lose, you know, your older players, and and uh, yeah, just not sure uh, who's going to come back. Oh, and the Victoria Grizzlies are also part of that island pod. Um, yeah, who do you think uh, you know? We should uh, keep our eye out for uh, emerging and out of those four teams. Well, you know,
1: it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the because I know the owner came out a few weeks ago and and put the team up for sale. So so that's you know, a lot of times never a good situation. I haven't heard any news that it's been um, uh, taken care of at this point yet. So, uh, so you always wonder if an owner has put his team up for sale and I, I believe it was totally COVID related and you just can't handle those expenses month after month. Uh, the fact that playing games is nice, wow. but um, again, in their case, uh, they're playing in Alberta Valley, so there's an expense to stay somewhere else without any income coming in. So, So wow. it just kind of drains it even more. So, um, you know, and the Nimos always seem to have some pretty good teams there, Victoria as well. So uh I think it's you know, you look at those four teams, and I think any one of them could uh could put some things together. And as we mentioned with Prince George, things can change drastically uh from one hockey year to the next, and especially given the strange times we're living in now.
0: Yeah. Uh BCHL, you and I have talked about uh, how committed they are to trying to get um, college committed players, get guys onto scholarships down in the NCAA. Uh, the NCAA tournament started on Friday, March 26, just uh, a week ago tomorrow. Uh, they had 94 players in that tournament that were BCHL alumni. Uh, 15 of the 16 teams that had at least one former BCHL player and 19 V's altogether uh, were in the tournament. Uh, Really cool. Uh, I love that tournament. It's really fun to catch uh, highlights and and watch some of that. Uh, Minnesota has a former V's goalie, Jack LaFontaine. He plays for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. He is a Hobie Baker award finalist for best player in college hockey, as well as the, Finalist for the Mike Richter Award as a top goaltender. So, a uh, phenomenal year. He was drafted by the Carolina Hurricanes in the 2016 NHL entry draft. And when you hear that name, LaFontaine, you think of Pat <laughs> and you think, is he related to him? And he's not, unfortunately. No, but no. His, his uncle is Brian Bradley, who played 651 career NHL games with Calgary, Vancouver, Toronto and Tampa Bay, where he's kind of most known for, because he had a couple of seventy-point seasons with the Lightning. Uh, so he does have those bloodlines, just yeah. not from Pat. <laughs> so <laughs> well, kind of well so- and, and
1: interesting, given uh, two seasons ago, or well, last season we had five uh, five of these players whose fathers had prominent careers in the NHL. Uh, the year before, Jack Lafontaine was was so strong in that, won so many games. He was just a lot of fun to watch. Uh, just was able to uh stand on his head and make all those key things all the time and i just, I'd have, I'd have quite a few videos on my phone i'm sure if i dug him up pretty quick here of <laughs> of those uh especially if we went to a shootout or something and and awesome. um, uh yeah. so he's fun to watch so wish him the best of luck he's, he's well deserving uh and yeah it's it's what it's all about uh the bees had way 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 more carbon three quarters of the lineup last year was was destined for for u.s universities um either this year or the year after. Um, and it just seems that that's the bloodline that you look for. You look for kids that are that are talented hockey-wise, are going to fit in, um, are striving for something better, uh, want to look at a university career and, and get a degree in something as well, um, and are committed to all of that. So if, if that's what they're looking at down the road, then then you know what you're going to get out of them for a year or two at the junior level and, and know that you can get some some good things out of them.
0: Yeah, you're right. Yeah. No, I'm excited for him, following his career. And I love uh, seeing so many of these BCHL guys go on to great careers uh, down south, uh, get their degrees, get their education, and then get drafted. Um, It's usually uh, quite the battle between the UC USHL and the BCHL on how many teams uh, get an opportunity to draft. Uh, Usually, it's sort of neck and neck. Uh, year after year, and uh, we see a lot of guys coming from both leagues. Uh, There was some reports uh, this week and over the past few weeks that the BCAHL actually wants to leave the CJAHL. Uh, They want to branch out and they want to try to maybe merge with some teams in Alberta and have a bit of a super league. Uh, There are nine leagues. Uh, I think there's actually 10 leagues altogether that belong to the CJHL. And today they were going to have a conference call and they were going to discuss the issues and the difficulties and problems. And uh, I'm not sure if any word came out of that uh, meeting today. Uh, Did you hear anything yet?
1: No, I've been looking around a little bit Haven't haven't seen or heard of anything at this point. And usually it's going to take some time before things start to filter out. Um, Yeah, there's there's 132 teams uh, playing in the CJHL, Junior A Hockey in Canada uh 10 leagues uh, provincial leagues across the country. Um you know I, you know I've, I guess we've heard these rumors before. Um how well founded they are, I don't really know. Um I've never heard any strong, you know, things like that coming out of the Penticton V's camp. You know, that that it's something okay. that they uh you know a strong direction. They want to go and Graham Fraser, the V's owner a majority owner is, is chairman of the board of the BCHL right now. Um, okay. I, I think they, they believe strongly in the BCHL and the strength of the league, um, but I still think that they, they look at it that they want to compete and be the best in Canada, um, not just in the BCHL. And, and so I think that that's such an overriding factor in, in why these teams are here and you want to win your, your league and you want to go on and win the Canadian title and be Canadian champions for a year. And that, you know, whether it's uh, the Memorial Cup, whether it's Centennial Cup, uh, major junior or junior A, um, it's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. So, uh, so I, I don't put much to it. I think people like to throw out things at times and um, you know, it doesn't mean it's not going to happen, but I, I don't hear too much talk about it. It's its just something that I don't think has a lot of weight and I don't really know how, you know, what the end game would be and how you'd filter through that and, and have how kind of that breakout league you know and and let me let me throw this one out at you here I was going to mention this before we start stop talking baseball of of independent leagues or whatever the battered bastards of baseball have you seen that documentary yet
0: I don't believe I have no I think somebody mentioned to me I haven't seen it I don't
1: think being Russell um uh who I did I I knew nothing about it I watched it a week ago I just I just wanted to say if anybody Loves a great baseball movie. It's a, it's about Bing Russell, who was a Hollywood actor. Uh, Kurt Russell is his son. Um, Portland lost the Portland Beavers, the AAA baseball team, years ago. We remember going to Canadians games and, and seeing the Portland Beavers there. They lost that AAA team. He wanted to bring baseball back to Portland. He started an independent team, and they started to, you know, break records for an independent league and um, it's just a real, really cool movie slash documentary. So it's the battered bastards of baseball. I saw it on Netflix, so um, check it out, and I encourage everybody else to as well. It's just a cool documentary on on what can happen with a vision. And and he was a he was a Hollywood actor, but he knew baseball like up, down, sideways, sideways. is pretty cool as well. So, yeah,
0: that is cool. Yeah, I actually do think I, I saw a portion of that somehow, and. Uh, I had no idea that his father was so immersed and had purchased a team and had tried to, you know, strum up independent baseball. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a fantastic story. I love I love stories like that. And um, we have a local team here that's super successful, one of the greatest, uh, you know, teams in the minor leagues of professional baseball. Uh, This year, um, they're having to start their games. Vancouver Canadians. They're having to start their games down in the Hillsboro. Uh, team and share that stadium uh, yeah. with them but um, we we love going to Nat Bailey here and uh, you know catching the, the baseball we uh, be, they became a um, a high a team this year instead of a short season uh, a team so they're, they're only really a couple steps away from the majors here now uh, we can't wait to, for them to come back and have some games at the Nat but I remember those
1: neuters at the Nat, and I was going to say, in, in some ways, I might not remember them as well, because they were <laughs> they were a lot of fun to go to. Um, yeah, it would be great to, you know, it's probably never going to happen to get back to that AAA baseball, but, um, you know, that was roughly around the time when I moved to the Lower Mainland in the early 1990s, and uh, baseball was big, and Nat Bailey was big, and the Canadians were big, and, you know, it, it, it brings into you know, referring to this, uh, this, uh, Netflix documentary, um, you know, you've got A teams and they're owned by major league teams. There's a, a, an interesting mix there between local ownership who want to see the team survive. Um, but you're based on making these players better and the major league team wanting to get them up to the major leagues as soon as possible. So, so they control so much of what happens at the minor league level, even with the Vancouver Canadians in triple a, um, yeah. So it, it took a lot away, you know. You can your player can be having the best season, breaking records in in AAA, and all of a sudden he's going to get called up and he's, he's gone, and you he's lose. Gone him. And so you can't market him anymore. There's there's one area of the the whole business plan that, that yeah. goes awry because you can't market that player anymore. So it's the interesting thing about um, minor baseball, and that's why this documentary was so cool about independent baseball and that they had nobody to answer to and. And baseball certainly took note of it. And there was a whole league through Washington State and, and Oregon, um, uh, but major leagues eventually took notice because players enjoyed going there. They didn't get paid a heck of a lot, but um, in Portland's case, they got treated pretty good as well. And awesome. they were they were made to be superstars in in a big city like that. Um, and almost a, well, I was going to say a, a bunch of castoffs in a lot of ways, or guys that couldn't play baseball anywhere else. But uh, but Jim Bouton cool. played played I think one season or two seasons there and wow. that was after he wrote his book and had some issues and essentially got banned for major league baseball and so, wow. so he found himself playing in Portland in, in the independent league so
0: that's super <laughs> cool well I'm glad you yeah, yeah. mentioned that yeah it's always fun to hear some good recommendations yeah. and um, yeah I uh, love it uh, love the independent ball and love the you know the baseball in small towns there was a lot of talk yeah, about yeah. Uh, contraction this past off season with uh, many 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 uh, small towns losing their affiliation with major league uh, franchises and uh, there was talk that possibly Vancouver might lose their affiliation with the Blue Jays but luckily the Blue Jays and uh, Vancouver are still affiliated the only affiliated Canadian team uh, so you know we're, we're lucky here for that and uh, yeah let's hope it continues um, hopefully they have a decent season in Hillsborough and we can get some cross-border travel at some point. Yeah, but, got it. Um, hey, this was fun. Uh, I'm glad we were able to, you know, be here on opening day of baseball and on the eve of the BC Hockey League. Uh, there's not a lot to talk about with the Canucks other than Thatcher Demko signing the five-year deal yesterday that sort of came out of left field. Nobody was really talking about it previous. Uh, they didn't want to pay Markstrom six for six, but they were willing to pay... Uh, Demko five for five. Uh, Markstrom struggled a little bit in Calgary yeah. this year. So maybe it was the move. And it was a good move and move to make. Demko has looked um, really good lately. Uh, but I think Calgary and Vancouver seem to be battling for fifth place in the, in the division. And I don't think uh, either of them are going to be able to catch those top 14.
1: I have two thoughts on the Vancouver Canucks. Shoot the bloody puck. And clear the puck out of your zone when you get the opportunity. <laughs> Those two things alone would probably have them in a playoff spot right now. And it's, it's so frustrating and it baffled you in that you set up guys on the power play in, in that Ovechkin-type situation where he can take that shot passing across and they never still never shoot the puck. So, um, yeah, I... I, I had good vibes about them for a couple of weeks, and then those two losses to Winnipeg kind of turned it around. I mean, they're just—they've got some players in the lineup now that just aren't—I don't think—you um, know—those top elite players that they need to get at, at that level, anyway. So, yeah. Um, yeah. and the Pedersen out—it doesn't hurt; it doesn't help either. So, um, no. yeah, I think they're—they're going to have to go on a run when they get back. I—I I think they're capable of it. I think there's a lot of talent there. It just doesn't seem to be a cohesive unit right now, and there's just so many. I just find simple mistakes getting made and players waving their stick at somebody as opposed to taking the man, just simple little things like that. And and they're not accomplishing that. And so that just leads you to believe that they need to bring in more talent and there needs to be a bit more done in the off season to, uh, to bring more players in. So,
0: yeah, it's, it's been a frustrating season. That's for sure. They had one run where, you know, you started believing in them a bit, but yeah, most of the year it's been, very frustrating to watch them. I think it's going to be a lost year, no playoffs, but yeah. Um, they, yeah, we'll, we'll see what, what happens in the offseason. There could be moves, uh, you know, from Jim Benning, uh, Travis Green, there could be, uh, you know, a big shakeup in, in the whole entire organization, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, there was just announced today that uh, Canucks next three games are also postponed. So Uh, there's another um, uh, week off I guess where uh, a lot of these teams can catch up to them for the games they've they've played more games than everybody the whole entire season so uh, we'll get a really good gauge on when Montreal plays all those games in hand and and uh, catches up to them but I think both Calgary and uh, Vancouver and Ottawa obviously are in really tough to yeah, yeah. Uh, get into that top four playoffs positions. And uh, it's getting nice uh,
1: outside anyway, so it's bike riding and good walk time. So
0: right, yeah,
1: <laughs> you use a break <laughs> from it. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. So yeah, well, no. I appreciate it. York, um, York's, York's there now. I'm sure you want to spend some time with him, and <laughs> I, I'm glad we could do this tonight. Uh, it was really fun. Yeah. Great to get together and talk some baseball and hockey.
1: Well, let's, uh, let's hope baseball can continue. And with, with, you know, minor, you know, blips from a COVID standpoint and the same thing with hockey, the, uh, uh, baseball season got underway today, the regular season for the BCHL tomorrow, which is good to see. The Western leagues already started some games and yeah, we just wish everybody the best of luck that they get through this, um, from a hockey standpoint the sports standpoint, but from a business standpoint as well, uh, Let's let's be safe and get through this, um, and get things reopened again, so we can we can come visit each other and, and get to move around this province a little bit more.
0: Sounds good. Sounds good. Be. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, yeah enjoy uh, enjoy the long weekend, uh, Easter weekend ahead, and and uh, yeah, keep in touch. Uh, let's let's talk a lot as um, things progress here, and uh, we'll do this again go soon. Uh, go go Mets. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good to okay. talk to you, Take care, buddy. Okay, you too, all the best. Okay, well, um, thanks cool. everybody. I really appreciate you tuning in as always. Uh, thanks to our partners and sponsors as well. I wanna mention Anchor FM, uh, Verbero, uh, Pampas and Possibilities and Forever Living. Thank you for all you do. Go to completesportsmedia.com. You can purchase products for discounted rates there. Support them as always. And uh, thanks for everybody, uh, all the research done and all the extra help behind the scenes. Love you guys. Take care of yourself. Have a great weekend ahead. We will talk soon. Bye for now.